Scary movies. People love to go see them and may even get a thrill from getting goosebumps caused by them. But what happens when things we see in the movies affects real life or causes sets to become haunted? We'll hear a couple of tales on this week's Halloween special of Cheeky Tales. Hey, boy. Hey, babe. How are you, boy? How are you this week? I'm ill. I've got a cold. Got a bit of a runny boy? Bit of a runny boy on my face. Oh, dear. Well, hope you feel all right. I'm good. Um, But it is Halloween week. Halloween week? It is. Is that what we're calling it? A few evenings before Halloween. It is. It is. So, we're doing a Halloween special. We're doing some Too Spooky Tales. Spooky. A bit of a reminiscence of the Simpsons Treehouse. Ooh. Of, of terror. I've got two stories for you tonight, not just one single story. It's the ghost of stories past. <laughs> um, do you want to do me a favour, boy? Nah. Yes, please. Nah. Since it is Halloween special, can you uh, flick the lights off for us and we can- Ooh, do it in, in the, the dark? dark? Yeah. yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Where's me phone? Oh, no, me phone's in the other room. Hang on. Licence-free jazz while Aaron goes gets his phone. <laughs> All right, boy, I've retrieved my phone and now the lights are dimmed and they're red and it's spooky. Spooky. Getting into spooky. the thing. I should have thought this over because now I can't read my <laughs> notes. <laughs> I can't. It'll be fine. Are you sure? Yeah, no, it'll be fine. So, um, scary movie, boys. Are you a fan? Are you a horror uh, movie look, person? I've, I've watched the Paranormal Activity films Yeah, and that's about it. Okay, so and they're not particularly scary. My my resume for horror films goes to about Alien. Yep, um, I uh, have seen that. Yeah, uh, maybe I Am Legend. It's probably the scariest mm. I go. Okay, <laughs> it's I, I looked it up. I Am Legend it's a thriller is classed as a horror movie. It's like is it? Yeah, I think it actually ranked number two for highest gross oh, horror film or something like that. Whatever. That's <laughs> not a horror film. Um, but I also thought since we reference movies a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, especially ones we haven't seen. Boy, do we. <laughs> um, that might do some scary movies. Uh, okay. Sort of thing. Right. Um, the Both these movies, or uh, these movies that I'm going to reference on this episode, I haven't seen. <laughs> I assume you haven't Great. seen either. Well, I, I probably have not. Um, okay. So, first movie. Okay. Get into is- oh, hang on. Um, um, roll the film and action. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are movie terms. Uh, um, the first movie is Poltergeist. I have not seen Poltergeist, but you would have heard of Poltergeist. I have heard of the film Poltergeist. Right. Uh, so it's a 1982 film written by Steven Spielberg and directed by Toby Hooper. This is a Spielberg film. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh. He he wrote it. Um, and he's on there. And he wrote it. He wrote it. Oh. Uh, there's something about Spielberg not being a like contractually contractually able to direct two films at once because he was at the time making E.T. Okay, so that's why this other fella Toby um, Hooper got the job because he had. Uh, that does seem odd that you would do two films at once. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a quick yeah. move in there. Um, but this Toby Hooper had uh, other horror films under his belt, such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is a film. Uh, so, Poltergeist was released on June 4th, 1982, and it was considered a major critically and commercial success. It had a budget of uh, $10.7 million That's money. At the box office, made $121.7 million. So, a, uh, what's that? 10,000 time, no, 1,000 time return on investment. Yeah, and this is in the 80s too, so making $121 million is 
pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's a few Lamborghini Countaches. <laughs> it had a running Lamborghini machine. It had a running time of 114 minutes. Okay. Uh, it also. When did movies become by default over two hours? Have you noticed that? Yeah, I don't know. They well. Mm. I guess it depends on the movie because if you still get your like comedy, they usually run in around about what ninety to one hundred minutes. Yeah, I just feel like every movie I go to these days is like two and a half hours long. Yeah, because uh, it's too much. Probably the only movies I go to like to see at the cinemas these days is Marvel movies, and they're all around. It's because ninety six percent of movies are Marvel movies. It's so good. Don't complain. It's love it. Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> um, it also uh, got two sequels and a okay. re- and a remake. In 2015. Yep. Oh, it had a remake, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, I pulled this straight from IMDb. That's the story summary. I'm not going to spoil it, even though it is a 39-year-old movie, but... Okay. So, the summary goes, a young family are visited by ghosts in their home. At first, the ghosts appear friendly, moving objects around the house and to the amusement of everyone. Then they turn nasty and start to terrorize the family before they kidnap their youngest daughter. So, it, it hang on. It starts off with they're moving stuff around. The ghosts are moving stuff around the house to the amusement of the people in the house. If yeah. you come home and stuff just like moving about the house, you happy about that? Or are you like, I might move out? <laughs> well, I'm straight out the door. There's no way I'm staying in a house where stuff's moving itself about. How does that end well? What a terrible script. <laughs> Do you remember who wrote it? Yeah. Okay. Disappointed in him. All right. Well, like I said, it was critically acclaimed. I was about to say you wrote the Titanic movie. That was James Cameron. <laughs> but yeah, that was, did he, I don't think Cameron wrote it, did he? Well, whatever. He directed it. Who cares? Yeah. Now we're down the rabbit hole of another movie I haven't seen. <laughs> we have talked about it, though. So yeah. Actually, side note, did you see that Lego released the Titanic? Yeah. It's huge. Massive. It's a thousand Australian buckaroos. Dollary doos. I say buckaroos now. I don't. I say dollary doos. I just forgot what it was. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. I forget the actual dimensions, but it's quite large. It's like a metre and a I half think, long. I think so, yeah. It's like 9,090 pieces. Yeah, the biggest set ever. You're totally going to buy it. Absolutely not for $1,000. <laughs> no way. Where would I put it? you got a coffee table right here. That Oh, righto. Right in the centrepiece of the- Yeah, I don't want it covered in beer when you record. <laughs> Speaking of- oh, here we go. <laughs> I was meant to bring this out at the start of the episode. Chloe's going to be very mad, but I have a present for you from Chloe. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've hidden it in this box. Oh, okay. We'll pause the episode for a minute. This is not really too spooky. Do you want to open this up and have a look at the gift that Chloe has bought you that you must use? John is opening the box. <laughs> he has seen the gift. Do you want to describe for the listeners what that is? I wonder, it's a uh, sippy cup. <laughs> it's a hungry caterpillar sippy cup with a little love oh, yeah, heart on I it. I can see the hungry little, caterpillar. A little yeah. rainbow love heart. Mm. I might wash it first before I... I probably <laughs> would. <laughs> Thank you, Chloe. I've got a water here tonight. I might chuck that in there later. Yeah, John's been banned from sticky liquids for a little bit. Rightio. Um, <laughs> back to it. Yep. Back to the spooky after that lovely gift. Thank you again, Chloe. She'll be chuffed. Um, okay. Also, just for the record, it won't be mentioned for the next two episodes because <laughs> they were recorded before this. <laughs> That's right. This one comes out first, so it'll yeah. chronologically it works. Yeah, but it'll come out and then it won't be mentioned for two weeks. But, and then back and again. Then back in. Yeah, I'll get to what you mean. Yep. So, why are we talking about this movie on a Halloween episode, though? Yep. Uh, well, because it, it's spooky, boy. It, well, it's a spooky movie. Spooky. But there are some real-life tragedies that happen during and after the filming. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so, those tragedies led tragedies led to the idea that the film was cursed. Okay. We had four- I have cast- heard of a few movies that are apparently cursed. Yeah. We had four cast members die either Oof. during or soon after, two of which was unexpected. 
unexpected and strange. Okay. So the first one we will look at is perhaps the most grisly and tragic of the deaths, and that was of 22-year-old actress Dominique Dunn. Oh, yeah, so we're not building up to it, just straight to the gruesomeness. Yep. Uh, she played the older sister in the first film, uh, Dana Freeling. Her character was mentioned in Poltergeist 2 as being off to college, but the reality was any, any idea the screenwriters might have had for her character in the sequel had to be scrapped entirely due to Dunn's untimely death just months after the original movie was released. Oof, that must be hard. Like having to write someone out that's already dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think what was the um, Carrie Fisher was the one I think of. Ugh, don't that scene? Oh, the space scene. Yeah, let me just fly through space. That's not how space works. She'd be dead. Just boy, uh, she used the force. No, she didn't. She used she the force. used terrible script writing. She used the force. No, she didn't. So on the evening of October thirtieth, nineteen eighty-two, Dunn was brutally strangled by an aggravated ex-boyfriend. The assailant, identified as sous chef John Sweeney, showed up at her West Hollywood home in hopes of repairing their relationship and moving back in with her. An argument erupted on Dunn's driveway where the deadly attack took place. When police arrived at the scene, Sweeney was quoted as saying, I've killed my girlfriend. Do you reckon there's anyone with the name Sweeney that's not a weirdo? I know. Who who is the other Sweeney? You're thinking Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. What's he from? I feel like I should know this. I feel like we mentioned this in one of the recordings we did the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me um, let me Google it and then edit out the bit where I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Just making yourself look good. <laughs> and now it has to stay in because I made a joke. Power of the editor. <laughs> I want to- Before I Google, I think it's Barber of Seville. What? I'm pretty sure it's the Barber of Seville. Who's that? I don't even think I know that. Oh, it's the Barber of Fleet Street. Okay. Did he use like a barber's razor to kill a bunch of people? Uh, well, it's it is a horror film. Oh, so it's a f- okay. Is it? It is a fiction. It is a film. Film of the theater. Sweeney Todd is a fictional character who first appeared as the villain of the Victorian Penny Dreadful serial, The String of Pearls. Hello, Stells. Stells making a cameo. I heard that come through them. Jingle, 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 jingle. Yeah, so Barbara of uh, Fleet Street. There you go. Okay. Who's the Barbara of Seville then? And why are there so many films about Barbaras? Barbaras or Barbers? I said what I said. <laughs> Wow, The Barber of Seville or The Useless Precaution is an opera. All right, well, that was a handbrake. <laughs> Onward, Sweeney's weird. At the time, Dunn was still alive. She was rushed to Cedar's uh, Senai Medical Center, where she remained in a coma for five days and never regained consciousness. Mm. On November 4th, 1982, just three weeks before what would have been her 23rd birthday, she was removed from life support and pronounced dead. Mm. So, that was one of the unexpected ones. Yeah, doesn't seem at all directly related to the film. Uh, not really. Mm. Uh, the next was Julian Beck. Okay. Uh, he played Reverend Henry Kane. Even though he completed principal photography of the film, Beck would never live to see the theatrical release of Poltergeist 2 since he passed away on September 14, 1985, during the film's post-production period and a full eight months before its premiere. Okay. Uh, unlike the murder we just covered, Beck passed away after a long battle with stomach cancer, something he had been diagnosed with in 1983. So while his death is certainly unfortunate, it also definitely wasn't out of left field. Beck was dying of stomach cancer during the production and the entire crew was well aware of his diagnosis. Some believe it even influenced his chilling final performance in the film. Yeah, so, so far you're not really spooking me out here, boy. You're just giving me examples of death. More depressing than spooky. Well, like I said, these all happened relatively soon after filming or... So, all right, sure. This, this is what, what people believe, that these films are cursed. Yeah, all right. Well, people die all the time. But anyway. 
I think also I remember reading something about this um, Julian Beck. He drank a bottle of tequ- tequila and and like ingested the worm that was in it. Yeah. And they, I don't know if it was in the movie or if there's like an outtake of it, but um, there was some quite violent vomiting that happened oh. afterwards. Really? Yeah. Are you not supposed to eat the worm? I- I'm not sure. I've eaten the worm. Have you? Yeah. Okay. The, uh, this place near my uni they did the tequila they did tequila jello shots and inside the jello shot was the worm part of it not the whole thing yeah they're not big worms okay. but yeah i don't know i just remember reading something like oh, i didn't violently vomit it was the description that of it time. was something along the lines of like a yellowstone geyser or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. i mean i've done that and it's not pretty uh, sorry to the people that had to clean that train <laughs> train <laughs> Yeah, you remember. I do remember. Yeah, thank you for picking me up. So, the next uh, actor is Will Sampson. He played the Native American shaman for Poltergeist 2. Okay. Sampson passed away due to a post-operative kidney failure following a heart and lung transplant. Again, this is another death of a cast member that eerily occurred not long after the release of a Poltergeist movie. Sampson passed away on June 3rd, 1987, but much like Beck's situation, he had a pre-existing medical condition. Sampson suffered from... I did. I knew I was going to stumble on this word. Sciroderma. Yeah, great. Yeah. Sciroderma. Mm-hmm. It's a chronic degenerative condition that causes him severe malnourishment and other complications with his heart, skin, and lungs. So it's starting to sound more like the, he was the curse. It's starting to sound more like the curse on this film was just they hired people who were sick. Who <laughs> were sick, yeah. Well, I guess. Or had ex boyfriends. Um, <sighs> I guess the point is. I guess it doesn't happen too often. Yeah. People dying, after, like, recently after I filming. mean, it probably does. Maybe one, but four? Yeah. I guess that's what it's getting at. It, it was... Anyway, we got one more to cover, and it's probably the most well-known. Yeah. Which you probably don't know of. <laughs> I think I might. Uh, this is the one that sparked the Poltergeist curse fire, right? Um, Poltergeist. It was, it was the shocking loss of Heather O'Rourke, mm-hmm. who played Carol Ann. Yeah the young angelic face of the entire franchise. During production of Poltergeist 3 in 1987, O'Rourke was undergoing treatment for Crohn's disease. Okay. Uh, which turned would turn out to be a misdiagnosis. Right. It was noted by people at the time, aside uh, from O'Rourke's chipmunk cheeks, a side effect caused by the bowel inflammation medication she was taking at the time. She remained in high spirits and overall seemed physically fine and enjoyed her time on the set. Uh, little did she know or anyone else know that something fatal was brewing within. Fast forward to January of 1988 when O'Rourke became severely ill and her health started deteriorating at an alarming rate. On February 1st, 1988, she was rushed to, the, rushed to hospital where she ultimately died due to septic shock caused by an undetected intestinal blockage. Hmm, that doesn't sound like a good way to go. No, this blockage was ruptured and the toxins released in her body uh. proved too much to, uh, and proved to be too much. During an operation that was happening the same day as her death, well, that happened the same day, not it was happening. Yeah. Uh, it was also revealed that she did not have Crohn's disease, um, but an acute bowel obstruction due to congenial sinusis, something that could have been surgically corrected um, if detected sooner. So, yeah. Uh, with only four months until the film's release, her death caused the studio to force um sherman which was i think the director for poltergeist 3 yeah to shoot a new ending we're using a double something the he didn't want to do um he preferred the movie not to be released at all but mgm ultimately had its way what was the original ending uh i i don't know 
I, I didn't, it just seems I odd that actually. they would change the like that they would decide that changing the ending was an easier way of doing it. I guess because they didn't have her to film the ending. Yeah. So O'Rourke's tragic end would be the fourth death uh, of a poltergeist cast member in a six-year span. Yeah, right. Just, they all they're all medical. Like none of them are like, ooh, they went to the grocery store and just dropped, dropped dead. dead. Yeah. Or like they were found with a spooky expression on their face. You're not buying like, into the spookiness, are you? Absolutely not. Okay. I'm not. And the lighting's not really assisting that. <laughs> really? That's just red. Oh, no. It's not. It, the listeners, it's not affecting the listeners, but I figured it was going to be atmosphere. You want to feel the same effect, just stare at the sun. I don't know. <laughs> no, don't stare at the sun. That's bad. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, so, while the deaths of Dunn, Beck, terrible advice. and O'Rourke are seen as part of the supposed curse, there is another death. That some fans like to bring up that further pile on the evidence. Uh, is that this the you one? Don't believe? Yeah, I don't know if this. Uh, I feel like I. Yeah, I think I know what this one is. But go on. Okay, it happened seventeen years. Uh, seventeen years after the release oh, of the original right. movie. Ooh, one of the characters died of old age. And it's not likely you remember this character because he. Had, they had a like, because I haven't seen the film. Well, yeah, but they also <laughs> had a small part. It was actor Lou Perryman. Okay, he had a, a minor. He was going to the grocery store and got T-boned by a drunk driver. Woo, curse. Not quite. Um, he was murdered. Okay. Uh, by- Well, now I feel bad. Yeah, by an ex-con with a history of mental health problems. All right. So, again, not exactly- No. So, this this guy was on the run um, after he had a violent altercation with his mother's ex-boyfriend. And then he came into the actor's house um, and killed him just to steal his car. Right. That seems like you could have just stolen the car. Yeah, it does. So that's that's what people will um, use to add on. Like that's another memory. Okay. So there are. I don't believe that one bit. Okay. So sorry, boy. That's fine. That's fine. Um, if the curse is real. Yeah. Sure. They usually have like a something to start it. Yeah. So the theory goes. There was this mummy. You're not far off it. So really. The theory goes. The curse originates because real human skeletons were used as uh, props. Were they actually? Yeah. Oh, why would they do that? Uh, back in the 80s, it was cheaper for them to go down to like a biological store and- Get a skeleton. Get a re- uh, human remains uh. to get plastic ones made. So, there's a scene in the movie where uh. one of the actresses who was still alive was in muddy water with yeah. real human skeletons. Oh, that's not okay. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. So, there was also a quote from another producer that he was like, this is ridiculous. We, many low-budget films had used human remains previously and yeah. nothing had happened from it. So, it was quite a common practice. Yeah, okay. So, it's not a curse, but it is poor taste, yes, you ask me. But, but that's the, what the theory says, that the film was cursed because um, the people- Well, now I kind of want to see. Uh, there were, I, I can get a picture for the socials of- uh, mm, It's mean- in the movie. Yeah, all right. Okay. Are you looking it up? Yeah. It was quite common practice, uh, apparently. I, I, there's something I never knew, but what picture are you looking at? Ooh, it's on Snopes. It, okay, it's true. Yeah. Thank you, Snopes. Did you get a picture? Oh. Show me the picture. Oh. Yeah, that's the, the scene in the muddy water with real human. Oh, that's disgusting. There's, okay, so like- Okay, so the, the part that's got you into the story is the real human remains. <laughs> yeah, it's they got this actor in this mud with four human skeletons that don't look like they're entirely decomposed. Like, oh. They would have been dressed up for the movie. They haven't just gone out and dug up four bodies and chucked them in. Oh, the, in the that's gross, though. They come, oh. they come from a store where they would have used them for, like, study. And that has like to that. be a real reaction. I'd be, oh, no. Oh, I'm glad I'm not an actor. 
Ugh, no thank you. Okay. Keep so my office job. That's that's the curse of the Poltergeist movies. And curse is being so, an actor in the 80s, apparently. Yeah. But there's a little bit more to the story. So, there's stories that come from Paramount. Paramount. So Paramount? Are, yep, so that's the one. So, there yep. are stories that come from Paramount Studio Stage 19. Yep. Uh, that's the soundstage. It's been around forever. Um, okay. It's hosted legendary films such as Citizen Kane. And it was also the stage to where sitcoms um, Happy Days and Wings were filmed. Nice. Of those three things, I've seen episodes of one. Happy Days? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, workers in the stage experienced yeah. inexplicable power outages and have heard laughter late at night. Some have claimed to witness a young girl running around the catwalks above the stage. All right. Many think that's the ghost of Heather O'Rourke because she had um, a part in Happy Day. So, right. And apparently she would like to play in the catwalks okay. while she was not filming. Doesn't seem safe, but all right. Uh, this- Who's letting her up there? Whoever. There's also stories from security guards who work there. Um, they don't go into that studio at night. Okay. Um, Good to know which one to rob. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, it was there was a bloke that come up and just wanted to experience it. And they went, yeah, sure, mate, go for it. Jump in. Um, and the guard kind of like shut the door. And our mate was there for like 20 minutes. He was like, oh, there's nothing happening. Yeah. And then he um, provoked Heather to ask right. her to come out to play. Okay. And the story goes, as soon as he finished speaking, um, he felt a hand on the on his back. And so, he just like bolted out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really a, a ghost person. Well, that's- Yeah. I should have covered this at the start of the episode. Yeah. The stories we're covering are just ghost stories. There's, yeah. Okay. You know, like we're just some spooky tales. There's factual things that have happened to you. But, yeah. Okay. So- Yeah. Factual medical issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old mate who had the, the, the touch on the back of his hand told yep. the security guard what he experienced. Yeah. And the security guard kind of just laughed and said, you, you have the same expression as the producer from Wings. I didn't write his name down um, <laughs> because uh, allegedly he'd seen Heather in the background of one of his one of the shots. Yeah, right. Okay. So he was freaked out from that. So, um, I think Ghost, you know, the movie yep. Ghost. Yeah, that was also filmed on that stage. So, that's how they kind of- Do you reckon naming a movie Ghost is like- a big shot move because you just can't ever use that name again. But it wasn't really a horror movie, though, was it? No, but I was just saying that's a great. Okay, no, just, yeah, movies called Ghost. They've been Cop that horror. There's been movies that have been called the same thing. Hasn't yeah, I guess that aren't remakes. I should say. Yeah. So that's the curse of Poltergeist. Right. Aaron's not really buying into it. Absolutely at all. not. I'm. I do not believe that. I, I think they're like, ooh, ooh so spooky. It's just people got sick and and passed away. Yeah, people are grasping it at straws. Yeah. So, the next one we're going to look at is not so much a movie that has real-life consequences, like the one we just covered, but this one is movies that have been inspired by real-life hauntings. You're going to talk about the Annabelle one, aren't you? I'm talking about Annabelle. Yeah. Is that The Conjuring? Yes, that is The Conjuring franchise. So, Annabelle is an allegedly, and I say this with all due respect from some of the stories I've read, um, a haunted Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm it doesn't need to be haunted to be creepy. Which one have you seen? Have you seen- I've not seen any of the films. The real Annabelle? Yeah, I've seen, yeah, doll? pictures of the real Annabelle. Or the fake porcelain one they use for the movie. The real Annabelle. Yes. The real Annabelle yeah. one, I wouldn't say- Like, if I was seen it sitting in a room, I wouldn't be scared of it. It's not really that yeah. scary. Um, it's just- It's quite large, actually. It, it's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's like kid size. Yeah. Yeah. Plain white face, triangle stitch nose, red hair. Yeah. Kind of just- Stitched on like 
fabric eyes. Yeah. Um, I find it creepy. It's, it, they obviously creep creeped up. They, they raised yeah. the creep factor for the movie, like with the porcelain. Yeah, obviously. I always hated porcelain dolls. I ha- Yes. Um, Those faceless dolls that people used to put in their corners? Yeah. Why? Oh, not the faceless ones. I haven't experienced that. But my grandma, Yeah. I remember she had a collection of them. Yeah, not they good. Were, they were locked away in her house in this small little room, and you'd go yep. into this room, and it was just full of these porcelain dolls. It yep. creeped me out. And I bet she so loved bad. it. She would have been like, this is my favourite room. I, I didn't. Little talk. little Johnny. I didn't talk about it because I was so scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents' house, actually, like, the, it's an L shape, right? And so, when you come into the house, you're at, like, the base of the L, and all that section's fine. Out the back, like, the back section of it. Yeah spooky yeah as soon as you get down the hallway towards the end of the like the base of the l it just gets creepier and creepier and then you go into the up bit i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it today it creeps me out today <laughs> i don't know what it is i've never had any experience out there it's just stealing yeah and like the whole family experiences it yeah. not my grandparents for some reason they're just totally fine with it everyone else in the family is like yeah i will not go out there i will not go out there alone fair enough yeah so annabelle uh, she's currently locked in a box in a yep. museum called the War- uh, Warren's Occult Museum. And it's that is in Monroe, Connecticut. Yeah, I have seen that. So, let's go into Annabelle's story. Well, first, let's quickly cover the movies. Um, yeah. As we said, it's part of the Conjuring franchise. Yeah. Um, which that franchise is based on Ed and Lorraine Warren during yeah. their paranormal investigations called their ghost hunting days. So, out of the eight movies currently out, I think Annabelle pops up in four of them. Yeah. So, that's uh, Annabelle Creation. Annabelle, I think she's in The Conjuring. Conjuring. Yeah. And Annabelle Comes Home. So, they've had a bit of creative liberties with the, the story through some of those um, movies. I, l- I looked at it. Again, I haven't seen any of these movies. I don't plan on it. I don't. I'm not a horror person. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I like that two people who don't like horror movies yeah, are talking about horror movies. About it. Yeah. Um, the, the quick plot synopsis that I've read, um, like the prequel, which is the yeah. Annabelle creation and Annabelle comes home, they want the sequel after it seems like they completely fabricated the story, like how yeah. she came about or whatever. The real story of Annabelle yep. um, started back in 1970 when okay. Annabelle was brand new. Uh, she was, yep. The story was told to the Warrens um, about the two young women that, like the two, two young women that owned her told the story to them. As the story goes, the Annabelle doll had been given as a gift to a young nurse named Donna. Um, it was given to her on her 28th birthday. Yeah. Bit weird. Bit weird. Bit of a weird 28th birthday gift. She liked dolls, apparently. So All right. She was thrilled with it, the story goes. like um, She took it back to her apartment um, where she lived with another nurse called Angie. Yeah. Reckon Angie loved it? I don't think so. Nah. So, at first, the doll was an adorable accessory sitting on the sofa in the living room and greeting visitors with her colourful visage. But before long, uh, the two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move about the room on her own accord. Yeah. Again. Just out. See ya. Just, I'm done with that. Burn it with fire and get out. Just leave it all. Leave it. Just take No care. point staying here. It's obviously <laughs> cursed. So Donna would sit her on the living room sofa before leaving for work, only to come home in the afternoon and find her in the bedroom with all the doors shut. Yeah. Spooky. Uh, Donna and Angie started then finding notes left throughout the apartment. Oh, no. Stop living there. Reading, help me. Get out. And according to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which they did not even keep in the house. Yeah. Leave. (laughs) (laughs) Do not understand. Just leave. What good comes of staying? (laughs) 
So, furthermore, Angie's boyfriend, um, only known as Lou. Yep. Um, he was in the apartment one afternoon while Donna was out and he heard rustling in her room. So, he went to investigate. He thought someone had broken in. Yep. Upon inspection, he found no sign of forced entry, but found Annabelle, Annabelle laying face down on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Just other um, versions of the story goes the doll then attacked him and left scratches yeah. on his chest. Right. Um, but the scratches disappeared after a couple of days. Like two days, the scratches. Oh, how spooky. They healed. Um, <laughs> sorry. Hang on, hang on. How's that evidence of anything? Oh, and then mysteriously the scratches were gone, almost as if they'd healed naturally. <laughs> well, two days is a bit quick. I don't know. Two, two days is a bit quick for scratches to heal. Anyway, following his traumatic experience yeah, of sure. being scratched, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the women invited a medium over to help solve what was happening, what was going on. Yeah. Uh, the medium held a seance and told the women that the doll had been inhabited by the spirit of a deceased seven-year-old named Annabelle Higgins. Right. Whose body had been found years earlier on the site where their apartment building had been built. Okay. So, the, me- the medium did their thing. Um, spoke to the spirit and found that it was a benevolence. Benevolent? Thank you. Spirit that simply wanted to be loved and cared for. Oh, okay. Uh, the two nurses were apparently, they felt bad for it. So, they right. just allowed the spirit to take residence in the doll. Okay. They went, yep, you- Go right ahead. Go right ahead. We'll adopt you. Eventually, the girls got sick of it. Huh. So, they called a priest. Right. Uh, so, they said, all right, you can stay. And then immediately got sick of it. I wouldn't say immediately. It's sometime later. Right. Um, I guess after scratches or kept on. Just seems like, make up your mind. Yeah. Anyway, they called a priest um, who, and then the priest contacted Ed and Lorraine. And that's when they entered the, the story. Um, there's, there was some stuff about when like Ed and Lorraine come in and investigated it being that they're paranormal experts. They said something about um, spirits not being able to possess inanimate objects. And they put it down to a demonic possession. So they said, we'll take the doll, priest, do an exorcism on the room, on the apartment. So that's what happened. They took the doll. Yeah. Okay. And now it's in their museum, is it? It's in their museum. Yeah. Okay. Um, but- Seems a bit fishy to me. Oh, yeah. it can't be this doll. Oh, it's got to be a demon. We'll take this and deal with it. You do clean out this house and we'll put it on display in our museum. Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. They have documented- other paranormal activities from the doll. Sure. The first, sure they have. Yeah. The first one was minutes after taking possession of it. Yep. So they buckled Annabelle into the backseat of their car and they vowed not to take the highway just in case the doll had some powers over the vehicle or accident causing powers or something okay. like that. So they took the back roads. Apparently, allegedly, on the way home, Lorraine claimed that the brakes either stalled or failed several times. Oh, okay. Did they? Resulting in near disastrous disastrous Oh, did it? And no one else saw this? Uh, no. Oh. Lorraine claimed that as soon as Ed pulled, uh, pulled holy water out of his bag. Oh, yeah, okay. The problems with the brakes disappeared. Oh, of course it did. Because that's how holy water works. <laughs> if it's in a bag, oh, no, no. If it's out of the bag, but still in a bottle, oh. yes, yes, yes. Annabelle didn't know it was there. <sighs> Whatever. So, upon arriving home- Whatever. Uh, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in Ed's study. There, they yep. reported that the doll levitated and moved about the house. Oh, again, with no one else to see. Weird. Even when placed in the locked office in the outer building, the Lorraine's claimed that she would then turn up inside the house later on. All right, whatever. 
So I'm sure no one's seen any of this in the museum too. So, so finally, the Warrens decided to lock her up, and that's the image you would have seen her locked in this. Yeah, and I bet box. she's never moved before ever since. No, because they had yeah, a, oh, yeah, okay. they had a specially made glass glass and wood cabinet made. Right, and um, this this spirit just suddenly decided to be cool with that and didn't fight when they put it in or anything. They had inscribed on the box the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. Oh, okay. And for the rest of his life, uh, I believe Ed died in 2006, he would periodi- periodically say a binding prayer over the case, ensuring that right. the sinister spirit and the doll remained in their trial. Okay. <laughs> I'm very sinister. I'm very cynical, cynical yep. this episode. Yep. You're very sinister. <laughs> no. So, Annabelle's locked up, uh, hasn't moved again. Oh, um, of course. But it is alleged that her spirit has found ways to reach out to other earthly places. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So. Ooh, I was at the Denny's down the road. Denny's is an American oh, so, diner. So, when I say places, I mean like outside of the box. So, uh, there's a story that once a priest who was visiting the Warrens Museum picked up Annabelle. And discounted her demonic abilities. Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle's demonic power, but the young priest laughed him off. On his way home, the priest was involved in a near-fatal car crash that totaled his new car. He claimed to have seen Annabelle in his rearview mir- rear mirror just before the crash. All right, sure, I believe that. Whatever. Yep. Uh, years later, another visitor tapped on the glass of the the case and laughed how silly people at how silly people were to believe in her. On his way home, he reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was instantly killed and his girlfriend just barely survived. Yep. She claimed that, uh, the girlfriend, that at the time of the accident, the couple had been laughing about Annabelle the doll. Sure. All right. Maybe they were just distracted. That's possible. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's all the stories about Annabelle. Okay. Yep. Annabelle the definitely demon doll. I have. I did end up watching. Um, you put me on Buzzfeed. Yeah, Buzzfeed Unsolved. Yeah, they did um, an episode on it. Yeah, they went to the museum. Yeah, they went and saw her. There's some creepy looking stuff in that museum. Yeah. Um. And yeah, one guy was very nervous around the doll, and the yeah. other guy was just like, "Whatever." That's Ryan. Yeah. And I am. I'm very much a shaniac. Okay. If anyone knows that show, I'm very much a shame today. Is he the skeptic one? Yeah. Um. It was pretty funny, though, because they had, like, you would have seen it, they had the torches either side. Yeah. Like, you'll turn this torch off if you want me to be here, and the, the, tur- the torch turns off. I don't know yeah. how, how much of that is editing or whatever, but- Yeah. Yeah, you, okay, skeptic boy, you're not- I'm not into it. So, this two spooky episodes just turned out to be a bit of a it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's just me going, no. <laughs> uh, I looked up a lot of different ghost stories. There's a few out yeah. there, so- uh, but I was just trying to keep the movies as a through thread between. Yeah. Them. You didn't decide to do the one where the guy apparently hangs himself in the background? Uh, Wizard of Oz? Yeah. No, no. Th- I think I might be able to get a full episode out of the Wizard of Oz. Okay. And I don't I don't believe it's like spooky. I tried to go more yeah. paranormal yeah, right. with, with these things, um, even though like, half of it was just medical. Medical deaths. <laughs> medical yeah. problems. Ooh. Uh, and then they went to the doctor and it turns out they were still sick. <laughs> But I'll, I'll get some um, photos up of um, Heather. Yeah. The, the little girl. Um, yeah. The skeletons in the lake. Because I hate that. That seems to be the only thing that actually spooked you tonight. It spooked me because it's gross. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll put up pictures of Annabelle as well. And yeah. Locked in the case. I did read, uh, was it two or three years ago, that apparently Annabelle had escaped the box. Yeah. People went there and- Because the museum, uh, Lorraine died a couple of years ago as well. I think um, it was 2000. 
13 or along those lines. Um, so the museum is looked after by their son and or by son, yeah, or son-in-law, I think. Um, and yeah, there was a, apparently on the internet it started going out that Annabelle had escaped her box and she was no longer there. But yeah. then the son-in-law came out and said, "No, no, Annabelle's in there. She's yeah. still sitting there." So, but yeah, in that museum there, there's some creepy stuff. Yeah, there's, you I, would I, expect there to be. It's a theme museum. Yeah, I, I wouldn't believe that it's what they say it is, but. There's, yeah. There's pretty spooky looking stuff. I don't think I would go in the building. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Would you, Okay, so if you're, if you're, if Annabelle is in a box right yeah. in front of you, are you, what are you doing? Are you tapping on the glass? You no, I'm just letting it be. As much as I don't believe it, I'm not going to be like, oh, look at this. Oh, let me tap on it. Oh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to invite that nonsense. I just don't <laughs> believe it. Okay, fair enough. Your cat just made the curtains move. Yeah. That was a bit spooky. <laughs> I, I wonder like, if she might creep you out at some like, point. What was going on there? Yeah. What's Annabelle? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. The red lighting. Um, yeah. Very invocative of Annabelle's red hair. And- yeah. Oh, okay. So, one of the other ideas I had for the episode, boy, was that um, before we went into each movie, we might watch the trailer of yeah. each of the movies or something like that. That would have been smart. Yeah. Maybe to get in the mood a little bit. Yeah. Creep us out a bit. I didn't know how that would go, like stopping the recording to do that or whatever like that. So. Yeah. I mean, we could have just done it and edited it out. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's this week's spooky episode. Yeah, sorry that I didn't get uh, into it at all. Um, I had I had fun getting into it. Like uh, again, I wasn't really creeped out. Yeah. While looking this up, and I'm I'm, I'm sitting there going, no, maybe these stories aren't really that spooky. But yeah, that's the nature of the story. They're just stories. As I mean, we've I've gone for a bit of a different type, like feel tone for this episode. It's yeah. Just, where these are just actual Some stories. stories. Yeah. yeah. There's no historical well you got me with the skeletons in the lake that's not okay (laughs) it was i don't know if they still do it surely they don't absolutely they would not do that what are you talking about no i don't know but yeah well yeah i don't know it was cheaper and i guess movies back then didn't have the budget i guess you didn't have to worry about ethics back then i mean the people are dead they don't really care i wonder actually that's a good idea i wonder if they got credited in the movie skeleton one skeleton two with their name of who they were i bet they didn't It'd be pretty funny if they were. Yeah. I do want to know that now. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, di- different type of episode. Um, but we might try and hit on another couple of stories along these lines. So while researching this one, I looked up um, Yowies. Yeah, Yowie. Um, Delicious I, chocolate treat. Yeah, I definitely do want to do an episode on Yowies and just explore the stories of like people's stories of encountering yeah. them. That would be pretty fun. Again, like it's, it's going to be like that speculation um, just stories type of thing, but um, something a little bit different. Um, yeah, but not bad. Next episode, we're we're not going to give it away. Gonna but have a special guest. Yeah, we're going to enter into a bit of a special theme for next month. Yep. Um, theme member. Don't want to give it away. We'll 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 get to it in the episode. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope I didn't scare you too much. You're not listening to this late at night in a dark room. Yeah. Um, Definitely not with the red lights on. Not being super skeptic like Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I did not believe. I, actually, I just realised we didn't introduce ourselves at the start of the episode. But no, we just went straight into it. Yeah, we're at that point now. Yep, you know who we are. Um, but yeah, thanks, well, thanks for listening. You can thanks find us on the socials at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, you've already found us on podcast platforms. I hope so. If you could uh, share it with a friend, um, that that help us out. We're, we're 
still very early in our podcast journey, so... We do not know marketing. No, um, sharing it with a friend helps us out a bunch. Like, if everyone who listens shares it with one friend, that doubles our listener base. So, that's... And that would be awesome. That would be completely awesome. So, but thank you for joining us on this Halloween special. Um, Yeah, we will see you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight. Good night. Too spooky.